da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Hey, ma'am, fam. Hope everybody is staying good and safe out there. Hope everybody's washing their hands and social distancing. And hope everybody's stocked up on canned goods. Because it might be a few weeks, months, who knows, till we're out of this. But if you haven't been able to tell, we're trying to provide you with some little bit of levity during this situation. Something to take your mind off of it. And what better to take your mind off the world than good appearance from old Batman Shane? <laughs> hey, ma'am, fam. We, we put out the Batman Shane signal. And he accepted. You know, he, he is uh, answering the call here for everybody. And we got something a little bit different here. Not a, little, not a movie review. We are doing a movie review this week. We're talking some of our least favorite movies, so check out that. And we're, we're, the bad movie marathon continues around here. So, again, trying to bring a little levity to this. Got a lot of bonus content over on the VIP feed. A lot of Discord action happening while everybody's at home. It's been a good time. So, if you're bored... Want something to do? Check out that Discord and chime in on some movie conversations. A lot of live chats happening, things like that. It's been a good time. But something a little bit different here. You know, we like to talk about the movie going experience a lot. We like to talk about the theater experience a lot. But we don't often talk about the home theater experience a lot. And we figured while everybody's at home, everybody's streaming things, everybody's dusting off their Blu ray collections, who knows, maybe even their VHS collections during this quarantine. We would talk a little bit about the home theater experience and where it is, where it's been, where it's going in the yeah. future. And who better to to talk about that than Batman Shane, who works at a major Hollywood studio and is deep within the roots and weeds of this thing from an industry's perspective. So I'm excited to, to talk to you about this, Shane, because you are – you kind of maybe give an update on what your job is. You're, you kind of do mastering, quality control, kind of those things before movies are sent out to streaming and to, to physical release on Blu-ray. Yeah, like absolutely. That. My department at my job is, is the mastering team, and we're responsible for making sure that the movie is taken from the theatrical environment. And we put it, we make all of the masters and things that go on Blu-ray releases and streaming services, and we do that for... Um, the worldwide audience. So my group also handles foreign language dubbing and subtitles and audio descriptive tracks. And basically we take the movie once it's done with its theatrical run and we get it out on physical and digital media all across the world. Excellent. Well, like I said, no better person that knows more about this stuff and what could possibly happen with it, what it currently is like than Batman Shane. So I'm excited to talk with you about yeah. this, but let's get a little bit of background I want some background maybe on your habits in this and, and where you are. Uh, for me personally, I spent a lot of years, I don't know, probably from the time I graduated high school until uh, just a few years ago, really collecting a lot of DVDs. I would, I, it was almost a weekend tradition for me. <laughs> right, yeah. The, the used DVD store, go trade in some DVDs, go check out the used thing, you know. Maybe I'd get three for $10 or whatever kind of deals they had going on. And, uh, you know, I really wanted to build up my shelf. So I had a physical shelf in my house for the longest time. And it was, I don't know, a couple hundred deep. And I can vouch for uh, Brian Gill, too, who had that same thing for a, for a long time. I think, in fact, I think he still does to a certain extent. Uh, he had multiple shelves. Like his, his shelf, 
of movies put mine to shame. Right. Once you, you start know, building every- a library, it can be hard to kind of slow it down. <laughs> you can get carried Absolutely, away. Absolutely, man. And when where I started was, it's like, man, I really want the filmographies of all my favorite directors. So I was like, okay, I need all the Spielberg movies. Okay, I need all the Tarantinos. I need all the Alfred Hitchcock movies. and All the Yuva Bowl movies. Long, you know, you got to have them. All, yeah, all the Louis Lettiers. <laughs> and and yeah, before long, you know, you're spending a lot of money and you are, you know, I guess filling up a shelf faster than you would ever expect to. Absolutely. And before long, you're out of out of shelf space. So... I ran out of shelf space fairly quickly, a couple of years into it, and decided from then on, you know, I need to make a choice here. Either I invest more in this, either I, 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 I don't know, pare down the collection a little bit, get the essentials in there. Maybe I do binder system kind of thing, get rid of the actual boxes. So many different ways that you can go. Yeah, or you, or you have to start dedicating a whole room in your house to like a library, you know. Right. Yeah. You got to actually have an actual media room that, that houses all this stuff. And, and so you know, we'll get into kind of where I went and where the future of this is going. But what, what's your background on movie collecting the home theater environment? Yeah, my, my movie collection or my movie collecting habits, I should say, definitely started in college. Um, you know, I definitely started buying uh, DVDs and then, of course, Blu-rays as those were kind of a newer thing. And, and you know, now on to 4K discs and whatnot. Um, uh, I've always kind of preferred physical media and I guess we can kind of get into that a little bit later. Um, you know, when we start to talk about technology and stuff, but, um, yeah, I, I definitely started buying things in pretty, pretty heavy when I was in college. And then, uh, you know, once I moved to Los Angeles, I, I live in an apartment and so my space is definitely limited. So my DVD, uh, buying habits have definitely kind of gone down to just the kind of essentials. Um, generally what I like to do now is if I, if I know for a fact, I'm going to rewatch the movie like more than once, then I'll probably pick it up on disc. And then if, if I'm probably only just going to watch it once, eh, I probably don't need to buy it. Right. I can just rent it somewhere or whatever. But yeah, I definitely, I have a, you know, fairly, uh, decent, uh, DVD collection. I would say probably in the neighborhood of like four to 500 discs somewhere. Um, you know, but yeah, like I said, but it, but, uh, it's definitely slowed down over the, over the years for sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For me too, and not because I don't want them, but a lot of the times it's, you know, I'll need to watch a movie for the show, and it's like a movie I haven't seen in a while, and it's, okay, I'm going to watch this once, and then probably won't watch it again for a few years, and there's like, I can't justify the the expense for a movie that I have to watch just, just to do a one one watch, do an episode, and then throw it on the shelf, and maybe not revisit it again unless I want to. Right. You know, a lot of what I watch, believe it or not, is dictated by the show. You know? Right, so of course. If, there, if there's like, uh, I don't know, an Indiana Jones movie coming out, it's like the week before, I'll spend all my, you know, instead of sitting down there and watching the Office reruns, I'll watch Indiana Jones movies and get myself, you know, do my research and and refresh myself on it and be prepared and, and know what I'm looking for and things like that. So my my actual, like, I don't know, movie-watching habits are really determined by this podcast. And that's, that's a bad thing, but it certainly transformed my spending habits at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what, what really, you know, we could talk about this, too, just while we're on the subject is is the Netflix DVD thing. You still do that, right? Like I do, yeah. A lot of people don't know that you can still sign up for Netflix DVDs 
and they have pretty much everything. If it's got a disc, they probably have it. And, you know, it's not just what they have on their instant library. You can go on there and reserve, uh, for example, Parasite, something like that, and go on there and they'll send it to you when it comes out on DVD. Absolutely. I mean, the cool thing about the Netflix DVD that I, that the reason why I still do it is, yeah, twofold. You, you hit the nail on the head with one of them, which is they basically get all of the new movies the day they hit disc in retail stores as well. So it's almost like it's a mail-in blockbuster type thing where you can get a movie that just came out and you, you know, you can pay for it as a monthly rate. So you don't have to pay the 4.99 or whatever on iTunes to rent it. Um every single movie, you can just play the pay the flat fee. I think it's like 9.99 a month for one DVD. But you can do one DVD like at a time and go through unlimited. So in theory, you could watch 10, 12 movies a month. The other thing that's great about the DVD service compared to their streaming service is Absolutely. The breadth and the volume. A couple of days ago, I, I, I got the movie Drunken Angel, the Akira Kurosawa film from like 1948, I think. And it's nice because I'm fairly certain that that movie is not really on any streaming platform because, you know, no one really the, the demand to watch a movie like that is small. So it's nice that I didn't have to go to iTunes or Amazon or whatever and pay a, a one time fee to rent it. I just get it as part of my subscription service. So it truly is a fantastic way to get through if you're trying to watch a lot of older movies or foreign films or if you want to do a whole run on an entire director's, you know, credits or whatever. It's a great way to kind of get bang for your buck there. Um, and it usually surprises me how few people. Uh, actually like know that it exists. Uh, I think people just assume Netflix stopped doing that, but no, the DVD service is alive and well, and, and it's, it's great. It's a, it's a great way to get through a lot of movies. It did surprise me that they still do it. I thought they had phased it out or, or I think they were gonna, what was it called? Flickster or something. They were gonna spin it off into its own company. At some point, yeah, Quickster or something Quicks, like that, and Quickster, literally yeah, the internet like revolted, that. and they were like, "Okay, just kidding, everybody. Sorry, bad idea." <laughs> well, the, like Quickster at Quickster on uh, Twitter was like some racist guy who had all this horrible, all these horrible tweets, and like they couldn't get the 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 at uh, you know address for Twitter. And I remember, like, right when they announced it, everyone was like, uh, Netflix, did you not look at this? And then it <laughs> yeah. was, like, less than three days later when they were like, all right, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah, well, plans crap. Sorry, everybody. because yeah, that guy was probably going to demand, like, you know, half a million dollars for that handle or some some crap like that. Exactly. But, but that's funny that they still do that, and it's awesome, actually, you know? So you're saying it's $5 extra a month to do the DVDs? I think it's $9.99 a month, but that gives you one DVD at a time unlimited. So you can, if you watch a movie the day you get it, you can send it right back. And then as soon as you get another movie. So, you know, in theory, you could crank out, you know, whatever, 15, 20 movies a month if you wanted to burn through them that fast. So definitely a you good way to get them, you. To... You can keep them as long as you want too. It's not Absolutely. like 24 hours. You can, you can watch it 50 times if you want. Yeah, absolutely. The, the The only reason you'd want to get it back as fast as possible is to just get your next movie. Um, yeah. And actually, sometimes I've noticed that if you keep a movie for too long, Netflix will just send you your next one anyway, because they're like, eh, it's been a week and a half. You you haven't watched it, but we'll send you the next one anyway. So, um, yeah. yeah, definitely. If you like to watch a lot of movies, and I imagine that most people listening to this show do, then it's definitely a great way to get bang for your buck to watch a lot of uh, movies that either just hit DVD or, you know, have been out for years and years. Or, you know, just a movie that, you know, that they're not going to have on Netflix and say, I want to check that out. 
before I buy it, before I, you know, own it and see, you know, if I like it, then maybe you go buy the Blu-ray, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great way to kind of preview a movie without going all in on the money side of things, too. Absolutely. That's a great point. Yeah. That's good. So, yeah, it's definitely a a changing industry when it comes to the streaming industry. And that's really what turned my head around to not investing as much in the physical side of things. And I, I do collect physical media i have uh, music and i have like a lot of record records vinyl records um but i've slowed down that in recent years too uh from probably 2009 till about 2015 if i liked the album i would buy it on vinyl and now i'm much more selective in that i have spotify so if there's an album that i listen to on spotify more than 10 times you know then i'll buy it but i always use spotify as kind of the test of if it stays in my rotation on Spotify, I'll usually buy it. And, you know, it's great in times like this because, you know, God forbid the Internet goes out during a, a pandemic or something like that. I've still got all my music there and I'm not relying on some service to provide that to me. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's a great I mean, feeling. And, and that's kind of you. You kind of hit the nail on the head there. So let's kind of talk about it. I mean, that's. Really, the the benefit of physical media, um, you know, when it comes to music, vinyl, or even CDs, and then also, you know, with movies and stuff, owning physical media is good for two reasons. Number one, because uh, for it, it's permanent, right? It's you know the thing that a lot of people I think realize, but just in case they don't, is that even services like iTunes and Amazon and you know all those places. Let's just take iTunes for an example. When you purchase a movie on iTunes. Not rent it when you purchase it, unless you've downloaded a copy of that onto your hard drive, and hardly anybody does because it takes up too much space, you're basically paying for the right to stream that movie. So let's take a movie like The Dark Knight, right, which is a Warner Brothers film. In the unlikely event that Warner Brothers and iTunes ever got into a dispute, Warner Brothers has the right to take that movie off of iTunes. And as a result, you would then lose that the the you know your right to watch it on that service, even though you paid for it to own it. iTunes would probably issue a refund credit or something of that nature, but your copy of The Dark Knight on digital would just be gone. So the the benefit of owning physical media, for obvious reasons, is that once you have it, it's yours. Nobody can take it away. And of course, if you're in a power storm or the power goes out. Uh, you know, you can still, well, not the power, but like if your internet goes out, you know, you can still pop in a physical copy, um, and you can watch that and, and you don't have to worry about the internet going slow, which is certainly something that people are experiencing a lot of these days, right? Because so many more people are on the internet and that kind of leads into the second benefit of physical media. Let's take, let's just take 4k discs now as an example, those actually have uncompressed video and image sources on them because there's no streaming, so there's no need to compress them. So the the audio tracks, and we'll get into stuff like this later, but like a lot of movies that are mixed in Dolby Atmos, the disc has true HD audio, which is an uncompressed stream of that audio. So it's going to sound a little bit fuller and a little bit richer than it would even if you're streaming it on iTunes. And the same goes for the video quality, right? A lot of discs use 10 or 12-bit uncompressed uh, TIFF files in their in their movies. So the movie is going to look a little bit better as well because you're not 
uh, streaming or you're not compressing anything over the internet to watch the movie a little bit faster. So when you buy a movie on physical media and same, you know, Kent can talk a lot more about this on vinyl because he's certainly much more of an expert than me. But when you buy a movie on physical media, you're getting it uncompressed and it's never going to look better than it does that way because it's uncompressed. Just like if you really love a record, vinyl is still one of the best ways to listen to it because it just sounds so much cleaner, right? Right. Yeah. There, you know, I didn't know much about that. I had already started collecting vinyl uh, when I was just gotten out of high school. And then when I went in the music business, got out of the music business, and then went back to college and took like actual courses on this stuff, they said, even CDs, you think you're getting the full quality on CD. And that's not the case because the actual algorithm back in the 80s, early 80s, that they came up with to transfer the music from analog to digital had a glitch in it. So, and they didn't figure right. that out for a lot of years. And so they were skipping a lot of fidelity, like the 4,100 kilobit or whatever it is. They, they were skipping a lot of quality that they didn't figure out until it was too late, basically. And the standard was just already out there and they couldn't, they couldn't change it. And so that's why even, uh, there are services out there like Tidal. There are services out there like right. what Neil Young's like Pono Player that say, yeah, you think you're getting the the full quality on music when you buy a CD or when you're listening on Apple Music or, or your own, I don't know, cassette or whatever, and that's just not the case. And so most of the time, if if a musical artist is smart about it, they will like literally transfer the master tape of the recording from the studio. And that's, that's, uh, I'm, I'm talking about cases where bands record onto tape, which that doesn't happen anymore. Anyway, you know, most bands record digitally anyway. So there is no master tape, you know, they're, they're basically right. taking a digital file on a computer, bouncing that down to a tape. And so there's already a loss there, but I'm talking about like the Beatles, for example, the sure. Beatles recorded all their music on directly onto hi-fi tape, which is the best quality you can get. And so a lot of these Beatles re-releases that have come out in recent years, they've, they're taking the tape and transferring that directly onto the vinyl. And so it's, a, it's an analog-to-analog analog transfer. There's no loss of quality. It's literally the sound that they recorded, you know? Right. And so that's a great feeling to know that you actually have how it was meant to be heard, and it's not gone through all this processing and all that. But that leads me over to the conversation a little bit more about streaming and physical media and stuff because yeah. I I subscribe now I think to one streaming one uh, streaming service now I think uh, Netflix is the only thing I have and I share that with family so uh, I think like my sister has it and then she let us let me and my wife like add a user on it and and same with with Disney Plus my other sister has Disney Plus and added a user on that for us too. So we do a family share plan within me and my sisters and parents on all these streaming services so that we're each not paying for it. We're only paying for one and then doing a family share plan, which works out really great. That's another life hack too. A lot of these streaming services let you have more than one user. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, Netflix, take, for example, Netflix. I mean, they've got three different levels of streaming tiers that you can purchase, right? There's a single user SD stream that I think costs like nine bucks a month. Then there's two users at a time that um 
you know, is HD quality. And then they have their highest tier streaming, which I think is like $16.99 a month. And it's four users at a time. But what you get if you do that streaming service is you also get 4K streaming of the quant- of the content that they have that uh, is 4K. So that's actually what my wife and I have. Um, and we can get into that a little bit later. But I mean, yeah, a lot of these are designed to share with family members, right? So if you have you know, three other users or whatever on your Netflix account, it's probably okay because you're probably paying for that anyway. Same with Disney plus, you know, or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. But it got to a point a few years ago where the quality drop off of Netflix was noticeable for me. And I'm not a big, you know, I like music, but I'm not a big audiophile. Like I, I enjoy owning the, the stuff just to say, I, you know, that I own it physically. You know, I like to look at the arts. I like to flip through the book. I like to do all that. But I don't give really a, a rip about video quality, you know, and, and unless I'm doing a project where I'm working on something and editing a video, then I, want, then I get stickler about the quality. But I'll watch SD DVDs all day, you know. I don't, I don't really care that much. It, to me, it's the same movie overall for the most part. And Absolutely. There is exceptions to the rule, but you know, I felt like for for the longest time I was paying for Netflix and the quality was just terrible. And so for a year or two, I canceled it. I didn't have it until I think uh, like Stranger Things 3 came out last year and then our family re-upped on Netflix because we all wanted to watch that. But yeah, man, I it got to a point where they were sacrificing quality for I don't know, bandwidth, <laughs> you know, they said right. during the coronavirus that they were going to crank down the, the bandwidth of Netflix by 25% because right. there's so much traffic. And I hated that. And so what I started to do was pare down my physical movie collection to digital files. And you mentioned this earlier, but I bought like a giant hard drive. I think I bought like a 12 terabyte, like actual server drive. Right. Right. Yeah. And and I, I went through the process, and this took me about a year, maybe a little bit more than a year, to – I got a, you know, a DVD burner or a Blu-ray burner, and I'm not advocating this because I don't know how legal this is. probably not legal at all, but you know, I basically ripped the movie off, off of the disc, put it on a hard drive, and only kept the movies that really meant a lot to me. And I'm looking at my shelf right now in my office. I, I'd say I'm looking at it. And I have the Jurassic Park trilogy, the Lord of the Rings extended edition, the Star Wars trilogy, an Alfred Hitchcock collection, and the Back to the Future collection. That's all that I have now. And I, I pared that down from probably, you know, 200, 300 movies. But I still own all those movies. I just right. took them off the discs and put them on a hard drive. And the hard drive is, you know, I would say 12 inches by 4 inches <laughs> sitting on, you know, on its own little shelf here. And I've got, I don't know, a thousand movies on there or something right now because I've gotten them from friends. I've gotten them from my parents' house, siblings, all that stuff, you know, and say, hey, can I add this to our server? And then I've shared my server information with my family, too. So if they want to watch any of the movies that I had on my uh, on my shelf, they're right there on the digital files. And I backed up those, too, to another drive. So I have a backup to the, that, too. <laughs> so if yeah. that drive fails... I'm I'm good because I still got a backup to that. Yeah, the you know, backup, like double because yeah. the last thing you want is to back up a thousand movies and then that thing crash and then you're you're screwed because you don't have the discs anymore to to pull them off of. Right, exactly. That's I certainly mean, a seems, way to do it, man. 
In terms of the legality of it, I mean, they're your movies. You can digitize them however you want. Now, I think when you start to get into sharing them with a large number of people, that's when you start to get into those gray areas. But, I mean, even going disc to digital, Vudu, which is a streaming service um, for movies that you can purchase, they actually have what they call a disc to digital uh, like a service that you can do from home where you can take a DVD that you have at home. And it, what it actually does is it, it you have to put in, uh, like you have to turn on location services on your phone mm-hmm. and you have to put in your home address so that it can track that you are at home. But you can take DVDs off your shelf, scan the barcode, and then for like a 99 cent fee, I think for SD, and then like a $2 fee for HD, it will give you the rights to purchase that movie digitally so that it's up in the cloud and you don't even have to uh, keep it on a hard drive, right? It's just yeah. in your account or whatever. So that's another way that a lot of people are doing that as well, that if you don't want to buy a hard drive, um, you can still, you know, that way you can still just have those movies digitally and they're just in your Voodoo account. So you can watch them on your phone in the go or whatever, because or on the go or whatever, because they're just on your account now. Yeah, the the app I use is Plex and I've gotten Brian on the Plex train too, where he started to to digitize his movie collection and start a saving space. Because for me, it was all about space. When I moved apartments last year i was just like i don't want to physically bring this stuff to my new place i don't you know right. i don't there's no reason for me to have a a copy of edward scissorhands right there you know i cause i had to literally pick it up and carry it over to my new place like and so that's what really motivated me most to do that was just the the space the physical space that it took up and to get rid of some of that stuff felt so good it felt it de-stressed me so much i didn't realize how much like all that stuff was cluttering up my subconscious and my life but having all that stuff that i didn't really need around really did uh fill up my mind and getting rid of that felt great i think what you're trying to say kent is that owning all those dvds did not spark joy in your life not at all but what (laughs) sparked joy was getting rid of the discs turning them in for money or trading them in for movies that i wanted or video games or whatever. You know, I traded a lot of them. So like, oh, I really want this uh, PS4 game, this Star Wars PS4 game. And so I traded like 10 Blu-rays for that thing. And it didn't have to spend any money and also got rid of my Blu-rays in the process. So it's great. It's a great system. And again, I still have all those movies because I, I took them off the discs. And, you know, I watched them here in my home theater at will. And it's great. And I can still you know, access them at any time and not have to rely on a cloud service. You know, you're speaking of voodoo that you, I mean, you're still relying on voodoo to have the movie, you know, right. God exactly. Forbid, voodoo goes away. Uh, what was it that went away? Was it uh, ultraviolet that just yeah. stopped? It just went away. And I remember getting an email like a year or two ago that said, you have purchased a movie on ultraviolet or you have one. Uh, you need to download it now because it's literally not going to exist in six months or whatever. Exactly, exactly. They gave people the opportunity to easily switch their entire catalogs over to uh, to Vudu. But yeah, I mean, right. It, it, literally, a streaming service can shut down, and then all of a sudden, you don't have all those movies anymore. So, you know, again, that just goes back to, you know, there are benefits to owning physical media. But like like you talked about, obviously, you got to pick the solution that works best for you. And if you're the type of person that owns a lot of movies, but you don't like clutter, owning movies digitally is a great way to save space 
Uh, and they're easy to access. And, you know, if there's no reason why you shouldn't own movies, if you just want to collect them digitally, then by all means, do whatever works best for you, you know? We're going to do a Plex walkthrough at some point. Brian and I will do that for the VIPs uh, to answer questions of anybody that's looking to digitize their collections. We've gotten a lot of questions about that over on that feed, about specifics of that. But it's great, man. It's awesome. I can watch it on my Apple TV. If I'm at an airport and I'm like, oh, I want to watch this movie, you got the Plex app on your phone and I can stream anything from my hard drive straight to my phone. And it's a great feeling. So I would definitely suggest doing that if, if you're trying to get, get rid of some movies but you still are worried about wanting to have them someday. Definitely would go that route and, and sign up for our VIP with Brian and I. We'll, we'll walk everybody through the process of doing that. And Man, it it is. It's a good feeling to to physically have stuff, but at the same time, Shane, uh, you are relying on the cloud. And what's funny to me are people that are like, "Man, I I have Netflix, but I only have Netflix so that I can watch Friends." I like. Well, you could you know realize you're spending two hundred to three hundred dollars a year to have that when you can own the Friends DVD set for like fifty bucks. <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't, you can I buy the entire Blu-ray box justify. set for ninety nine dollars. Yeah. I only have Netflix so I can watch The Office. Like that uh, that's not smart. <laughs> right. Just there was buy a, the freaking DVDs and why <laughs> there was a New York Times author or a, a New York Times writer that did a, an op ed piece a couple of months ago and the, I think that the, t- the headline was I should have bought the damn DVDs and it was mm-hmm. literally that exact thing where she realized that she was chasing a show whether it was Frasier or Friends or something like that and she was chasing it across three different streaming platforms over like four different years mm-hmm. and she was like I realized that I could have just bought the Blu-ray box set and, and now I've spent enough that I could have bought at least five of those Blu-ray box sets and given them to some of my friends like <laughs> yes so exactly. if it's something that you cherish and you want to own there is something to be said for just buying it physically so that you don't have to worry about oh no Netflix is losing this movie or Netflix is losing this television show. Now I got to find it elsewhere. Just buy it. And that way you own it. You don't have to worry about it. Let's talk a little bit about our home theater setups. Because again, I'm not a video file or anything like that. I've got a, an LG TV, 55 inch that I got in probably 2010 around there, 2011. And it's the 3d TV actually. Remember when they had 3d TVs for like six months, they were offering that. Yeah, that was a hot thing for like, uh, yeah, for 18 months or whatever. It was yeah. a big deal, and then they stopped. Yeah. Because nobody so, liked wearing the glasses, that's why. So, yeah, so the one I got, the, the glasses that you wear are the same ones that you wear in the theater. So, you know, a lot of the a lot of the TVs had to have these special glasses, and you had to have batteries in them, and they cause headaches and things like that. Well, the selling point for me was every time I go see a 3D movie, I get another pair of glasses or a fresh pair of glasses to add to my home theater, which is nice. And so, you know, I haven't watched a lot of 3D movies, but, I mean, as recently as last year, we watched the Lion King animated version in 3D at home, and it was really cool, and it looks really good, and it's a, it was certainly a novelty, but if you don't want 3D, it's a normal TV. It works just as good, you know? So, right, yeah. So it was it's fun to be able to have that option, but at the same time, I haven't thought that I have needed an upgrade. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this. You know much more about screen technology, what I should get. Shane, if you were me and I had a and you had a screen that's narrowing, I guess 10 years now that I've had this this TV, would you say it's time for me to upgrade? And again, I want to preface 
this by saying I'm not in 4K. I have no 4K content at all, uh, uh, movies or anything like that. But is the time now for me to make that jump? Well, let me put it to you this way. I think a thing that's it's important to, to mention at the start, right, is that when it comes to upgrading your system to 4K or to or really to anything, right, for that matter, and we can talk about it with records as well, is that you can't just upgrade one part of your system. You kind of have to upgrade all of the parts of your system, right? So even if you buy a record on vinyl, it's going to sound good. But if the record player that you're using is connected to terrible speakers, mm-hmm. you're not really getting the full effect out of it, right? So Great point. Yep. Just buying a new 4K TV is certainly one part of it. But if you really want to make the jump, you got to kind of commit to upgrading your whole system. So I would definitely say it's probably time for you to get a new TV because technology is just getting better and better. And as a result, it's getting less expensive. And so the amount of stuff you can get or the quality jump that you can get um, for, you know, X amount of dollars is pretty staggering. I mean, I've seen some 4k televisions that are on sale at Costco for 250 bucks. Right. And we'll get into a little bit of what you want to look for in a TV and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, generally speaking, it's hard now to find a television that isn't 4K. Uh, but the thing that's important to remember is just upgrading your TV alone isn't necessarily going to um, isn't going to make all the difference in the world, right? If you if you have a 4K TV but you're not watching any 4K content, you're not really getting the benefit of it. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. You know, for me, the standard is what I'm more concerned with you know i feel like the 720p standard is still the standard across all of tv and pretty much all movies and the 4k thing is a not is not a novelty but it's i think it is more for the video files you know well is it? i mean let me put it okay so let's kind of put it this way when a movie most movies nowadays are finished in the the di which is the digital intermediate when it's color timed and it's graded and all the effects are added in Generally speaking, they are exported out of the DI in either 2K or 4K. So when you go to see a movie in most theaters now, you're watching it in 2K resolution. Uh, And in a lot of premium formats like Dolby or IMAX, you're watching it in 4K resolution. Um, But the thing that's important to remember, especially when it comes to 4K, because that's kind of a buzzword now when it comes to televisions, is that at a certain point, or I should say at a certain size... Your eyes can't really tell the difference between 1K, 2K, and 4K. And even larger televisions. I have a 65-inch screen. You would be hard-pressed to tell the difference between 2K and 4K. Um, And what we talk about when we talk about K is, is resolution, right? Everybody's seen a scene in a movie where they're, they're, it's like a crime scene or somebody's looking at a photo and they keep zooming in and zooming in and zooming in on the on the picture and, and the, the clarity of the image is still there. That's the difference between, say, standard uh, you know Blu-ray, which is 1080p or 1K versus 4K resolution. If you were to keep zooming in on that image, there would be more detail in, in the, you know, there'd be more pixels and there would be more resolution. So that's what you're talking about when you're talking about 4K, 2K, whatever. Um, but that is something that's important to remember is even on a 65 inch screen, you'd be hard pressed to really tell the difference on resolution unless you were actually sitting two or three inches from the screen and kind of looking at it very mm-hmm. closely. Um, yeah. That's for me. 
the the main reason I haven't upgraded to 4K. It's like I can only really tell the difference. I mean, I I'm sure it'd be very clear, and I'd be like, wow, this looks good. But I only really would notice if it's side by side with like a 1080p image or a 720p image. You know, like yes. and I'm like, oh wow, that does look better. But if it's yes. if I'm seeing a 1080p movie and you're like, what resolution is this? I'd be like, 4K. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's right? Not that, exactly. I don't know. I guess I'm not paying the, that much close of attention to it. You know. Yeah, absolutely. The important thing to to look at with new televisions uh, is. Uh, and, and you'll see this on discs as well. There's a, there's a new technology that came out a couple of years ago that's now pretty widely available to consumers, and it's called HDR. And HDR it stands for High Dynamic Range. And what that is is essentially it it is a, it's a monitor or a television or whatever that allows you to display more colors um, and different shades and, and just a wider gamut of colors than you could on a TV that can't display HDR. And when you, when you do a side-by-side comparison of a movie in HDR versus a movie that's not in HDR, it is breathtaking how much better um, it looks. We've done so many demonstrations um, in my office to certain filmmakers like Denzel Washington has come in. Chris Nolan has come in. Everybody has been fairly impressed with HDR because it really just gets so much closer to how it actually looks in the theater. Um, and it's, it's a little oversimplistic to say that it's, you know, it's just lighter and brighter, but what it is is because the blacks are blacker, the whites are whiter and all of the shades of colors in between, there's just so much more, of uh, a wider range of what you can show, the images just appear to pop on your screen. And so I would recommend to anybody, if you're looking for a new TV over 4K, but that's pretty standard now, over a bigger size, I would recommend looking to get a TV that can display uh, HDR. And it should say on the box, it'll tell you, you know, if you look it up online or whatever, if you can display HDR content, it is really mind blowing when you see it back to back and you're like, and like even my wife who is not very technically uh, inclined when it comes to this stuff, when she, I did a little demonstration for her at home, her mind was blown when she saw what HDR looked like. Um, and she said specifically, why would anybody want to go back to watching movies the other way? And then I said, yeah, that's kind of how it's changing. So when you look at a movie that comes out on a 4k disc, um, you'll see that it's usually says HDR on the on the front of the package in real big letters. That's what it's referring to. Um, sometimes when you buy a movie on iTunes, it will say HDR because you can also stream HDR content. That's the the real stuff you want to look for. And I do think that even people like yourself, Kent, that aren't super technically inclined, if you were to see it side by side, you would definitely be like, oh, I'm never I'm never going back. There's no turning back at that point. Here's the question. If I was to upgrade my monitor, my TV this year, say I got mm-hmm. a great deal on Black Friday, I can get a 70-inch Ultra HD screen, will it improve the quality of my content that I currently have, my Blu-ray quality and DVD quality stuff? Or is that pointless? Mart fractionally. It will improve it fractionally, right? Okay. But- um, it will definitely make some improvements that a lot of 4K TVs do what they call upscaling, which is kind mm-hmm. of a technology that it's oversampling the bitrate so that it appears to be a higher resolution than it actually is, um, which looks nice. I mean, it doesn't look bad or anything, but it's just it's kind of an optical illusion what it's doing. But I mean, the thing is, there are so much stuff. There are so many things that you can um, see in HDR, that even if you just upgrade your TV, right? 
So take, for example, Netflix. If you upgrade your television, most televisions are now smart TV enabled. So they have the Netflix app built into the television. If you upgrade your TV and then you upgrade your Netflix account to the 4K streaming of it, that's all you need to start streaming 4K high definition or high high dynamic range Netflix stuff. And you will be definitely impressed by how much better everything looks just by making those two simple additions. That's really cool, man. I, you know, I have to think about doing that at some point. I got to take the leap at some points, but I keep delaying it every year because I just don't think 4k is, is the standard, you know, just like for a long time, DVD was the standard and Blu-ray was the, I guess the premium option, you know, I still feel like that maybe Blu-ray is not even the standard still. I definitely, I mean, Blu-ray is definitely still the standard. I think 4k discs are going to be the standard going forward. But I think the thing that it has fighting against it, which is unfortunate is physical media is just becoming more and more of a niche, you know, market and more people are going the direction you're going and they prefer to have it digitally. Uh, over, um, you know, buying physical media. So I, so 4K discs, I think, would be standard by now, but they're just competing against the fact that physical media is a dwindling market space yeah. anyway. But most movies on iTunes now, when you go and you look at movies on iTunes or, or almost any service where you can buy them digitally, Voodoo or Amazon, generally speaking, you can buy them in 4K and they stream with HDR and they stream with Dolby Atmos, which is a sound thing that we'll get into in a little bit. But even digital content now is becoming standardized in 4K because televisions are basically just becoming 4K. I think if you were to go into a Best Buy or a Costco or whatever to buy a new TV now, you'd have a hard time finding something that doesn't say 4K on the box. Um, you know, so it, it's definitely headed there, but for the, but I completely understand that, you know, it's definitely, it's still kind of, it's not the standard yet, it's, but we're headed in that direction, probably in the next couple of years. Let's talk a little bit about sound, and you often see surround sound, 5.1 sound, Dolby Atmos. If you're like me and you have, I've actually got my TV running through my record player system, so nice. I've, got just, I've just got two kind of big stereo speakers and I've got like a, uh, I guess it's a, a, an audio converter that, that converts like my optical out of my TV to a, to a, uh, an uh, analog signal. And then I plug that into my stereo receiver. Right. So I've got just a stereo, you know, just a left and a right channel. Mm-hmm. If I get content that's 5.1 and play it on my system, will I notice a difference than if I just had stereo content. Well, in your particular setup, no, because you don't have speakers that are actually playing the 5.1. Most stuff that is released nowadays, so if you watch any movie that was made from almost the 2000s onward, you're watching it with 5.1 surround sound. But what it's doing is your DVD player or your TV or whatever is automatically decoding it to a left and right channel. So it's it's compressing it, or it's, we, we call it fold down. It's folding it down to an, a left and right. So it's not like there are sounds that you're not hearing. It's just uh, putting it in two channels instead of separating it out to the 5.1. So if you were to upgrade your system to a 5.1 system and actually have the, the five speakers... Uh, then the the DVD or the Blu-ray or whatever would see that. It would recognize it and go, ah, and I will play the 5.1 audio channel, and then it'll come out through the five speakers like it's supposed to. So 
Um, you probably absolutely already are streaming 5.1, 7.1, even Dolby Atmos content, mm-hmm. but it's just not playing that way for you because your system is recognizing that you only have two speakers. Yeah. So it does make a difference. Absolutely. It will absolutely. be better than just regular stereo. Yeah. Even if I have two speakers is what I'm asking, I guess. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, it's, there's, there's just more stuff in the file. Yeah, absolutely. There's just more stuff in the file. But I mean, again, if you have, if you, um, when you're playing 5.1 or Dolby Atmos or whatever, it's still only just going to get compressed down to stereo if you have two speakers. So the only way for you at this point, because the discs are now, or the content you're streaming is, has more information than your setup. If you were to upgrade your speakers, then you would notice a difference. Um, you know, from if you, then you would notice a difference in sound quality because, uh, you're actually taking advantage of the data that's on the disc or the streaming service versus it all just getting compressed down to your two speakers. Okay. We'll wrap up with this. Just a little conversation on where you think things are going. If you're somebody that's listening to this episode and you're like, where should I invest my money? Should they go the route of 4k disc player, 4k physical media discs, 4k TV, or is the industry going to be in streaming as the standard in five years where you might as well just go all digital now? You know, cause, like when, when is the 4K disc or the, the actual physical disc going to go by the wayside and become a laser, like laser disc, you know? I definitely don't know if the discs are ever going to go away, but but absolutely we are going to get into an era where it's going to be a very, very niche market of people who buy them. So you're absolutely right, Kent. We are definitely going the streaming service route uh, for sure. So yeah. if you're going to make any investments, what I would recommend for anybody's home theater setup, right? Like I said, I would recommend a TV that is 4K, but that's pretty standard now. And I'd recommend a TV that can play high dynamic range content. Um, and that should say that on the box. The other thing that I would recommend is uh, to invest in sound equipment, right? A sound bar. A lot of people think that a lot of people think that um, you know sound is super expensive, and you got to hang speakers and stuff on the wall, and you got to buy a receiver and all that stuff. And you really don't. There are so many sound bars now that are great that play five point one um, because they have the five speakers built into the bar. And audio is just getting so impressive nowadays with Dolby Atmos technology, which is essentially overhead channels. So sounds come from the ceiling um, instead of just coming from in front of you, behind you, and around you. That so, And even sound bars can now, certain sound bars can play Dolby Atmos uh, sound. So I would also recommend a sound bar just because uh, they're, they're not as expensive as you think. They're fairly easy to set up. And without exception... They are better than the speakers in your TV. So you will just get fuller, richer sound that you're actually paying for on the disc or on your streaming service. And uh, it'll it'll just make a huge difference in investing in even a small sound bar to just make it sound a little bit better in your home. Awesome. Well, I hope this clarified some things for the people listening out there. Definitely invest in streaming. Definitely invest in digital. Definitely look... Maybe to, to transfer some of those physical media things into digital files if you can, especially DVD quality stuff. Because like Shane said, Blu-ray and 4K is going to become the standard sooner rather than later. So think about that stuff and just make smart decisions. You know, don't invest in, in fads. Uh, don't, go, don't get gimmicky. And definitely keep an eye out uh, towards Shane and, and myself over on the Discord. We'll be talking a lot about this kind of stuff 
over the next months and weeks as the industry changes. But for now, man, I'm I'm all streaming. I'm all Plex. I'm all Netflix. I'm you know that's it's ninety nine percent of the things that I watch are a digital file. I would Absolutely. say, you know, or, or streaming on YouTube TV or on YouTube or something like that. I never thought I'd be like that. Cause I, I'm a hound for, for uh, physical media, man. I, I love it. I love owning stuff, but it got to a point where I was just like, you know what? I just need to, to suck it up honestly <laughs> and just admit that this is where things are going and just start making the transition now. And I'm so glad that I did and such a relief and so convenient too. love the convenience of, having your whole library there on your on your TV and just being able to to scroll through things and not have to go through a shelf, take the disc out, turn on the player, switch the input, do all that stuff. It's it's wonderful. It absolutely it saves so much time more than anything. And you know, like the Richard Barden says, you know, I only got so much time, you know. If it's wasting <laughs> my time, then it's not worth my time, you know. So And the thing that is crazy is just I mean it truly is it's getting truer by the the day, by the year, whatever. That home theater technology is just getting so impressive that, especially for people who invest a lot of money in it, it is really it's really blurring the lines in terms of you can have a really good theatrical experience in your home. It's right like movie theaters are still the best way to see a movie, but at the same time, you can get a pretty great experience with a couple of easy upgrades in your home uh, because technology is just making everything better and more accessible. Absolutely. Well, hope this was informative for some people, maybe clarified some of the terminology you've seen out there when you're buying a TV, sound system, streaming, whatever. Hopefully this helped you, and maybe it'll help you during the quarantine make some better decisions on what to watch. So, if you like what we do, you want more from us, check out that VIP feed at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. A lot of conversations happening over there. A lot of bonus content episodes coming out over there as well. And stay tuned to this main feed. Bad Movie Marathon continues. We've got uh, Gotti coming up, then Battlefield Earth. We're bring <laughs> Batman Shane back, hopefully, for a little Batman and Robin talk at some point. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a good time. But Batman Shane, thanks for being here, man. So, of course. Always a pleasure. And uh, you at home? Stay safe, wash your hands, and we'll see you soon, hopefully, at the cinema. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. Your salad is red.